welcome back to Brown Girl Diaries. I'm Shani, your host, and in today's episode, I'm going to chat about working in a government role and also give you an update on my side business, Sydney Sense. But before we get into all the juicy stuff, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Aora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and pay my respects to the elders, both past and present. So I did a bit of reflection from the first episode and I asked my partner for some feedback on how I could improve, you know, on my podcast. And his his advice to me was to be more myself. And admittedly, I was a little bit nervous recording the first podcast, obviously being the first one. So in this episode, I'm going to be trying to be less scripty because admittedly, I did write out the whole pod and, you know, was referring back to it quite frequently in the first episode and so I'm going to be less scripty and try and be more I guess authentic is probably the word. So as I mentioned in episode one I worked for the Australian government for about 10 years just under 10 years as an intelligence analyst. So prior to getting a role in the government I actually worked in retail so I worked in a number of different retail roles which was awesome. I think working in retail really gave me the skills, the people skills um, that I don't think I would have got otherwise. So, you know, I love just by nature, I'm very much an extrovert. I very much love talking to people, meeting new people and just having a little bit of a chat and a laugh. So, um, you know, retail suited me really well. Then it got to a point where, you know, I was sort of approaching my mid twenties and it was time for me to get, I guess, a a big girl job, um, you know, and started to sort of put a little bit more focus on where I wanted my career to go, what I wanted to do. And yeah, like I've said before, I really had no idea what that was going to look like or, you know, what I wanted to do. So, you know, growing up as as an Indian female in Australia, the perception is, you know, either become a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something like one of those, one of those roles. And I never wanted to be a doctor, nor did I ever want to be a lawyer. So I didn't know what I wanted to do, like what else were my options. And one thing I heard quite often was around, you know, government and how stable government is. And, you know, you should get a government job because government is stable and it pays well. And if you get a government job, you'll be in that job forever. And, you know, it was very much that mentality of go to uni get a good job in government, you know, get married, have kids, and then you've got this this role in government. So I always sort of grew up thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I want to get a job in government, get a job in government. So eventually I did. And, yeah, look, my experience of it versus what my expectation was, there was quite a disconnect because I just thought, you know, if you work in government, basically you're set and you'll just do that for the rest of your life and climb up the ladder and that would be it. And I didn't really think it was like that. I felt that the opportunities were somewhat limited because with government, and I'm going to go into a little bit later the the pros and cons of um, working in government, but people tend to stay in their roles for a significant amount of time, you know, and if you're quite ambitious and you do want to try and climb up that ladder and, you know, go for the next best thing, it's quite difficult because if there's no opportunity, you know, because no one's left or no one has any sort of plans to move on, 
you it's very difficult to get that opportunity now I'm not saying that's for you know every government role but just in my own experience that's what I found and you know I consider myself to be quite ambitious you know I do enjoy learning I do love a new challenge so you know always wanted to sort of get good at my role and then you know see what other opportunities were available so I found that to be yeah not as I guess available um, is probably the word so my expectation was that oh yeah cool like you could just climb up the corporate ladder you know and climb up the government ladder and it wasn't the case because there was nowhere to go so unless you were going to then move to another government agency hence why I had moved government agencies a few times it was really difficult to go up to move up Where to look for a government job? Look, there's federal government and there's state government. So they're both different and they're both, you know, their pay scales are both different. The way they do their recruitment is different. So that's one thing to be really quite mindful of if you are looking to get into government. So depending on what state you're in, you know, you'll have your sort of local state government jobs. And also then you've got the the federal government jobs, which is the APS, Australian Public Service site which has all the federal government jobs and what you can do is actually filter down to the state you live in and then it'll show all the different available jobs and also their their bandwidth and their pay. So basically what I'll do is I'll link a couple of the state government websites in the show notes and I'll also link the APS job site as well if that's something you're interested in. So you can go have a bit of a a look-see yourself. What is the selection criteria? So what you'll find with all government roles, both state and federal, is that they will all ask you to write your application in a selection criteria and address the selection criteria. So if one of the biggest differences is in private, you can actually get away with just having a really good CV, perhaps sometimes also a cover letter, and you can submit that to either a recruiter or to a job, you know, on seek. And, you know, you you can potentially get an interview with government. It's different because pretty much all government roles will request for you to address the selection criteria. Now, these can be very sort of fiddly, I suppose, you know, or wordy, I guess is probably the word. So a selection criteria represents the key qualifications, training, abilities, knowledge, personal attributes, skills and experience a person must have in order to do a job effectively. You must meet the selection criteria in order to be considered for a government position. Okay, so what they'll ask you to do is hand in a CV, as you would normally with your application. If you want to put a a cover letter as well, you can, but you will also be asked to address a selection criteria, a specific selection criteria specific to, to that role. And if you don't, it's very unlikely that you will get an interview. Okay, so that's something to definitely keep in mind if you do decide you want to apply for a a government role. Now, if we move on to and into the interview stage, you know, what, what to expect at an interview. So typically it's a panel interview. So that means there's usually around three people, usually someone from HR, the hiring manager, and also a potential co-worker. Now, this can be mixed up, I guess, based on who they have available at the time or on the day. However, in my 
experience, I've usually had someone from HR, also the hiring manager, and then just like a potential colleague or someone you'll work with. And basically there'll be three of them and each of them will ask you a very targeted question. So the questions are, they're already pre, pre-written. They already know what questions they're going to ask you. And all the interviewees are asked exactly the same questions in exactly the same format. You know, they might ask you to elaborate on a question or ask you to clarify, but usually they won't deviate from the questions that they have prepared just in the interest of transparency and also being fair to all the candidates. So in my experience, the interviews tend to last about 45 to 60 minutes, give or take. And they will usually ask you to answer the questions in a STAR method. So S-T-A-R. So the STAR method is an interview technique that gives you a straightforward format you can use to tell a story by laying out the situation, task, action, and result. So that's what STAR stands for, situation, task, action, and result. So your situation is you set the scene and give the necessary details of your example. Your task is describe what your responsibility was in that situation. Your action is explain exactly what steps you took to address it. And your result is share what outcomes your actions achieved. So it's very specific. And I actually used to find this a little bit challenging because I prefer the interview style of where we just converse and that's where I feel most comfortable. When I'm asked, you know, to answer questions in the STAR method, I find myself overthinking my responses, which then don't tend to make sense to me though they must have because I did get a few government jobs, but, and that might just be me overanalyzing, you know, myself. But yeah, I feel like when you have to answer in a specific way, then what comes naturally to you sometimes, yeah, you might sort of overthink it. So just probably something to be mindful of. All right. The other thing I would say with government interviews is, At the end of them, always ask a question. Um, I think that's really important because it shows that you're interested in the role. You know, it gives you insights into the role itself, but also the people and the culture. Like for me, a really big thing is culture and the team that I'll be working with. And I tend to always ask a lot of questions around what the team's like, you know, you know, how they interact. You know, sometimes I'll ask about the, you know, the social aspect of it just to try and get a feel for, for that specific team. Because at the end of the day, remember, as much as they're interviewing you, you're also interviewing them, right? It's not just one way. Like you want it to be a fit and a good fit, right? You've got to spend a lot of your time at work, right? So you want to be, you want to be sure that that's the role for you. So, you know, and asking questions is the best way you can do that. So I tend to always have at least two or three questions prepared and I try to really think about it before my interview. You know, what am I really keen to know about this organization? You know, other than the research that I've done myself online, what else can I ask them? What else can I get to know? You know, whether it's about the people or it's about, you know, the job itself or, you know, the way the business operates you know, or what's their vision? You know, where do they see themselves? Where are they headed? You know, get an understanding of the bigger picture. And one last thing I'll say is with roles and with job interviews, trust your gut instinct. I've had a few times where I have gone against my gut instinct and it's actually not worked out very well or not worked in my favor. And I've now learned that, you know, if I don't get a good feeling from an interview, then that's my indicator 
to turn the role down even if I'm successful in that role because like I said earlier it's very much a two-way street right it's got to be that you've got to be the right fit for them and they've got to be the right fit for you. So moving on to my government path so like I said I started I started working for WA state government so how, what, how I did that was I applied for a role through Jobs WA, um, you know, did a selection criteria, did my CV and also wrote a cover letter. And then I was asked to go in for an interview. So it was a panel interview. And, you know, they asked me a bunch of questions. I also asked them questions. It was quite daunting because it was my very first government role and I had no idea what to expect. And I guess it was my first big girl interview, right? Because all the other roles that I had done before were, were in retail and, you know, it was very easy to convert, converse with the people that were, were interviewing me. And usually it was just a one-on-one type um, interview. So that was my first government role and then after about three and a half years I applied for a federal government role so I did get that through um, I applied through the APS government website my industry was quite specific as I mentioned I worked in intelligence so you know there were only a handful of you know intelligence agencies that I could or agencies that performed intelligence functions so that was easy to narrow down Um, and that's when I actually moved to Canberra when I was successful for a federal government role So I did that for a period of time and then decided that role and Canberra just, it wasn't for me and um, I wanted to move back home. So I moved back home to WA and again was successful to get another federal government role, but working in WA. Once that came to end, so that was probably just over 18 months or so, I got offered a contract role working for the state government in WA and I actually didn't really apply for that. I got that through just my network. You know, they were running a project and they just needed someone to do some intelligence work for that project, which was good. It gave me actually um, a lot of exposure to to different things that I probably would not have gotten otherwise. So, you know, I was really happy with that, even though it was only six months. So I saw that contract out for six months and then was successful in getting another federal government um, agency job. And that was that's what brought me to Sydney. So I did that for probably close to two years which was great, before I decided to pivot my career into banking world. So moving on to some positives and negatives of government. So starting with the negatives, um, your pay is bound by levels, right? So you've got sort of APS1, APS2, APS3, so on and so forth. Now, state government is also very similar. They are bound by, you know, level two, one, two, three, four, five and upwards, So basically what happens is in those levels, on those levels, there's a a pay band. So, you know, it might be 50,000 to 70,000 is pay band three level or level three. And then you'll, you know, level four will be between, you know, 72 and 92 or whatever it is, whatever the, the level is that you're going for. So to some people that could be seen as a negative just because you can't, sort of you can negotiate your starting salary as long as it's within that band however if you've applied for a level four role but you want a level five salary there's just no way to do that 
The next thing is there's no bonus. So the, the roles that I worked in both state government and federal government, there was no bonus entitlement at all, whereas some private companies, in fact, many private companies do offer an annual performance bonus. It's hard to move up the ranks. You know, as I mentioned earlier, it's people tend to stay in these roles for a very, very long time. So if you, do, if you are ambitious and you do want to move up the ranks, it's not very easy unless someone leaves and then it's very competitive. And sometimes they will also look, you know, they have to be transparent and fair. So they will advertise the role externally as well. So just because you may have been, you may have had exposure to, to a specific role or, you know, you may have acted in a specific role, absolutely does not guarantee that you will, you know, you're next in line to get that goal, to get that role. Government can also, I guess, sometimes be not very innovative. You know, if you like to implement change or you like to be creative or innovative, there's not much opportunity to do that. Those that work in government probably would see, you know, the processes are, have been around for a long time. The systems are quite dated, you know, and things tend not to, not to change that often. So that could be a bit of a hindrance to you or could be quite frustrating if you are someone that, you know, likes to get things done and um, implement, you know, new ideas and change. Government, yeah, they tend not to always. um, And again, I'm only speaking for the agencies that I worked for. Some may be quite um, innovative and, and open to change. But from my experience, things tend to remain being done the way they've, they've always been done. Look, recruitment, if you've applied for a role from the time you get the interview to the time you get any sort of outcome, it can be up to 12 weeks. I remember my first role. I, from the day that I did the interview to the day that I actually started, I had to, it took literally 12 weeks, um, if not longer, by the time I started. So don't let that be a surprise to you if they're taking ages to come back to you. That's perfectly normal for government world. It can also be difficult to get rid of people if they're you know if they're poor performers or they don't pull their weight in the team it's it's very difficult to you know for people to lose their jobs in government so I guess that can be seen as a negative or a positive in a sense that if you are the poor performer you know it's very unlikely that you're going to lose your job but it can be seen as a negative if you're someone that works with someone that's a poor performer and you have to always you know, do extra work or, um, you know, pull their weight as well. You know, that can be a little bit frustrating. In terms of, you know, fun stuff, they tend not to have funded Christmas parties or lunches. So usually, you know, when we had a Christmas party, it was self-funded. We had to pay for ourselves. Whereas a lot of private companies, you know, they'll have an end of year Christmas party. They'll, you know, tend to give little gifts. Whereas government world, you know, in my experience, there was never any of that. I always had to, you know, pay for myself, pay for my own lunches. They would pay for morning teas usually, but, you know, if there was a farewell or a going away, everyone would just sort of chip in and have to pay pay for that person. Some of the positives, look, federal government pay a great super. They pay 15.4% superannuation, which is amazing. Um, You know, I know the super is going up Um, every year slowly for private world but yeah for government it's 15.4% super and I was really lucky that I did so many years in government because that really gave my super a nice boost. Um, State government only pay the normal whatever the the amount is so it's gone from 9.5 to 10 to 10.5 whatever the the government mandated super is that's what the state government usually pay. 
Some government agencies also offer six weeks annual leave. Um, I know the standard is four weeks for a lot of places, but yeah, it just depends on, on you know, what role you're doing, which, ag- which agency you're working for will determine how much leave you get. Usually government roles are eight to four. You, they tend not to be, you know, anything outside of your standard working hours. So you might do a nine to five, you might do an eight to four. You know, they tend to be quite flexible. You know, if you've got, you know, you've got to do the school pickup or drop off and things like that, they tend to be quite reasonable. If you do have those responsibilities, which is, which is amazing for everyone, you know, that's also juggling a home life and work life. So from that perspective, it's great. Pay scales are transparent and you can actually see them online. So, you know, if you wanted to look up an, a government agency and, and look at their enterprise agreement, you'll actually be able to see how much each level pays. And, you know, they'll be like, say it's a level four, it'll be level 4.1, 4.2, 4.3, so on and so forth. And you'll actually be able to see, you know, quite clearly how much, what the, what the pay bandwidth is. So you might not know exactly what your colleagues get paid, but you will know that it's, you know, within that band if they're a level four. So from that perspective, um, you know, the transparency is really good. It's pretty low stress, I think. Um, Look, I found government to be, and again, depending which agency you work for and, and what level you are, the stress compared to private, I feel, is quite, quite a lot less. I know corporate world sometimes, again, depending on your role, can be a lot of sort of after hours work. There can be a little bit of um, lack of work-life balance. Um, And I didn't really find that with government, which was good. Um, They'll also pay for courses. So I found that federal government were quite generous with, you know, anything to do with development or developing in the role. You know, they were really, really good um, as long as it benefited myself which obviously then in turn benefited the organization okay so that's a little bit about government world I hope you found that somewhat insightful um look I'm always happy to answer questions so you know hit me up on Instagram if you do have any questions um you know more than happy to share my experiences and more than happy to sort of talk through anything you know government related um if you do need help with with you know writing selection criteria and cover letters and things like that that's something I also offer as a service so I'm more than happy to to talk you and walk you through that whole process okay so now moving on to my side hustle update so like I mentioned last week I'm going to take you guys through every week you know just how the business is going and any wins and fails and things like that and just give you a little update on my on my side hustle So last week's been a little bit slow moving. So where I'm at at the moment is I've created my website through Shopify. And can I just say like how good is Shopify? It was so easy to create, you know, the skeleton of my entire website. It was just so user friendly and so easy. And it's costing me about just under 50 Australian dollars. So it does charge in US dollars. I think it worked out to be like 47 58 or just something like that so I think that's quite reasonable as well given like how much functionality it has and I ended up using just one of the free website themes which was great um, and looked really good too and I started I've started writing the content for my website so I find when I'm writing content I've really got to be in the, the right mind frame for it like I've got to be really be in a creative type mood so that's why I've started doing it now because I do it in sort of increments which is good 
And I also got an update from my supplier. So I've worked really closely with my suppliers. Um, you know, all of my products are made in Australia. And that was a really important part of the business for me. I really wanted to support, you know, Australian businesses and I really wanted to have my products made here. So yes, manufacturing them costs a little bit more, but, um, you know, I feel that the, the quality and the level of input that I get to have as a business owner was worth it. So they have, they contacted me to say that my products are pretty much almost done and also got a, got an update from the graphic designer, um, you know, with the final version of my labels and they look absolutely amazing. So I was so excited to, to sign them off this week. And so now I'm just waiting for all the graphics to be put on the, on the products themselves. And then, um, hopefully in the next few weeks I will receive the products to my door. So that is, that's where we're at at the moment. I also last week created the Sydney Sense Instagram, which is exciting. Although I have no followers at the moment. So if you are interested in, um, you know, following us on Sydney Sense, please do. So if you're keen to check it out, you can do so by following at sydney.sense. So S-C-E-N-T-S. All right, guys. Well, I think that's a wrap for this week. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. And, you know, I hope you found the content for today valuable. Please do reach out and, you know, share with me what type of content you'd like to hear from me. Um, You know, if you'd like it to be more around government world or if you'd like to hear more about the corporate world or if you're keen to hear more about, you know, the business journey. I'm pretty much, you know, an open book and really keen to share these things with you. So please do um, reach out and let me know. And I can't wait to catch you all next week. Bye.